0: hello (laughs) hello that's sarah and that's emily and this is lightweight (coughs) true crime This is a margarita.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never... um, Margarita? Uh Margarita?
0: Yeah, yeah. margarita. (laughs) It's a margarita.
1: I've never... um, What did you use to make this particular unique drink?
0: Ryan found a really interesting recipe Mm -hmm. that has lime juice, um, lemon juice, and supposed to be orange juice, but you bought clementines, right? I'm sorry. I think, yeah, they're... Listen, it's okay.
1: It, the market that I stopped in had only those. Yeah, that's and they fine. Close enough to oranges.
0: I think it adds to it. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a clementine margarita. It's a clementine margarita. I even put salt on the rim on our, on our plastic cups. Plastic cups. And honestly, it's great. Yeah, I'm really into it. Hmm.
1: I love it. Um, you were gonna tell me salt about a show you and Ryan are watching. Yeah, so
0: Ryan and I are watching The Circle. hmm It's on Netflix. Wait. I've already told you about it
1: I wasn't paying attention because okay. um, <laughs> I was here Saturday night with friends And why wasn't I paying attention Was I doing laundry or was oh, I, getting I think ready you to were doing laundry anyway.
0: Which you did laundry on Saturday And you are doing laundry again Emily, I
1: never bring all of my laundry why I try to like parse it out With you know a few loads at a time
0: Anyways Any- the circle anyways. For those of you Who have not yet watched the circle Or don't know what Netflix is Netflix is a streaming service that also produces TV shows. And one of those TV shows is called The Circle. Okay. And it's like reality TV, game show, and Jersey Shore, kind of. Okay. So these, it's like a bunch of people. I think they start off with like eight people. And they all are in like one apartment building. But they like can't leave their rooms. But like their rooms like have tons of stuff in it and everything. Is this this saw? Yeah, and then somebody (laughs) comes in and kills them all. No, but it's they have this thing that they call the circle Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like a social media but only like the people in the apartment are on it. Like it's a social media platform. Yeah. Okay. So like they upload pictures, they make a profile and they like chat with each other and then they have to like vote for they have to like rank them basically. They rank like one through however many players are still there. So like one through eight or one through seven. And then the top two people talk to each other to vote somebody out, and so like the whole thing is like you want to win it, and then you win like, like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Nightmare, like a millennial fever yeah. dream. Ryan says it's Big Brother meets Black Mirror meets Jersey Shore. It's not like it's. Well, how it's could it not like, be trashy? It's like. Black Mirror—it's like the optimist version of Black Mirror. It's like everything is bright and happy and fun, but it's also this weird like you feel bad about the way you judge people. Sure. Like it sounds kind of meta. Yeah, it's very meta.
1: Is Ryan says, Ryan's is.
0: and the best part is, because, because, because Emily's relaying all of this for me. Thank you. You want to just hold the mic? Yeah.
2: Because. because it's all, all the communication is done via text or messages, Mm -hmm. nobody ever sees you in real life and nobody hears your voice. So the catch is you can be whoever you want to be.
1: This is all super meta. It's not actually about winning the competition. This is a sociological experiment about how isolating and superficial social media can be. Right. It doesn't have to be that way, but that is crazy meta
2: right so like I'd say some of the characters are like catfishing they upload pictures that aren't themselves they take on a personality that's not themselves and it doesn't matter whether or not they do that because the entire goal of the show is to like be the last person standing and to win the money or whatever Uh, but it's just hilarious because like some people and everybody has a different like sexual orientation and some people are playing you know opposite genders or people that they know people that they don't know it's all it's just brainless, mindless, trashy, wonderful entertainment is it twenty twenty at its best honestly
1: <laughs> is it all on Netflix or are you watching like week to week?
0: No, it's all on Netflix, okay, so you haven't
1: finished it yet, yeah, okay,
0: and like I don't know who wins or whatever, but one of the most popular guys right now is is um his name is Shubham and he's Indian, and he is like so genuine and he's like so cute and like sweet and innocent and like. Yeah, and Ryan says everybody else is not. Um, but, like, he's so popular because everybody is, like, I can just trust him because he's, like, so down to earth and, like... But
1: what if it's the best charade of them all?
0: It's not. How do you know? Because you, like, see the people. Okay.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Um, also, in the, in the realm of um, mindless television recommendations, I don't think we've talked about this <laughs> show, but Glow Up?
0: We haven't talked about it. Okay.
1: It's basically... Like Project Runway, but for, for makeup, makeup artists? I've seen the like little trailer for it. It is so good. It looks good. However, it also reminds me of the feeling that I get anytime I walk into a Sephora, which is... Oh, I'm definitely not doing any of this right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it'll definitely That's make you, like... That's what
0: eyeliner is for? That's... Wait,
1: yeah. how do you contour? I have to learn how to yeah. do that. I've actually been trying to learn how to contour lately. It's not going well. Your
0: highlighter looks really good today, though. Thank you. Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay, do you want to know? Yeah. Thank you for noticing. I watched a... So I have the Fenty matchsticks, Sticks. Nice. Um, and I've been trying to figure out how to use them right. And so I watched like a Fenty tutorial today that was called Glassy Skin. Ooh. And so I actually put my highlighter on under my foundation, which I had never done before. So like, thank you so much. But let me tell you, um, for a girl as white as me, you uh-huh. really can't do a contour wrong because if you do... You look like a clown. Yeah. So that has been harder. Um. I know everyone has been very concerned about me developing my highlighting contour skills. Yeah, we've been worried. Um. The highlighting,
0: going pretty well. Yeah.
1: Contouring, not so much.
0: Yeah, I have a hard time with contouring. I just like, I put like my liquid foundation on and then I do like my contour and my highlighter and then I put like my loose powder on top and i don't i don't think i always do a good job but do you use a cream or a powder contour a powder see okay i'm thinking but it's like pressed powder
1: i think that's maybe what i need to do because the fenty contour is cream oh. and it's very hard apparently so you like on put it on and
0: then you have to like rub it in or whatever yeah
1: you have to like blend it out and i
0: it's just yeah, not going blend
1: well. it it's rub not, it it's <laughs> rub it in <laughs> blend it's it out. like
0: rub it in right <laughs> <Just> it's like <laughs> sunscreen right <laughs> I hope people are yeah. as fascinated
1: by our makeup talk Anyways. as we are, as Ryan definitely yeah. is.
0: So speaking of Ryan, he's watching the Laker game right now. And I just, I glanced over and Dolly Parton is at the game, really? but she's not sitting courtside. She was like a couple rows back.
1: Cause Dolly is, is a humble, hardworking lady. Yeah. And she's not going to shell out for those courtside no.
0: seats.
1: No. I'm, I'm confused
0: why she's at a Brooklyn lakers game spurs. oh it's the spurs um that makes a lot of sense
1: i'm just uh i don't Is know no, but i think well, from Tennessee. i don't know she's from
0: the south she's from the country yeah
1: um i'm also really glad that we started recording in the living room so that ryan can watch laker games yeah. while we tell each other terrible things
0: because he can just like block us out but still listen to make sure we're not doing something wrong yeah that's important
1: we're glad for that. Oh, he took the
0: headphones off. Oh. So hopefully we don't mess this up.
1: Well, here's two hoping. By the way, this is lightweight true crime.
0: It's a podcast where two girls share drinking a story. We sure do. That was a f- that was a lot of a uh, fluff at the beginning there.
1: I feel like we've been light on the fluff lately And so yeah. that's good It's also good because last week's
0: episode was real dark So dark so it's I'm good that so I'm, I'm sorry. sorry I'm so sorry guys
1: Well listen but People don't listen to True Crime Podcasts you're right. for the
0: fluff You're right Just a little bit I mean unless you like us
1: Unless you like us at the beginning and at the end with our fluff Yeah. At the top and the bottom as it were
0: <laughs> Guess so uh, Well uh you have a story. I do want
1: to have a story. I'm excited about and the fluff. I yeah, this is not fluff. It's fluffy enough. Um, it is really interesting. I'm really excited about the story this week. So I I didn't double check this, but I think. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> I wonder if you could just hear that slurp I accidentally oh, just she, did. She almost did a spit take.
1: So this i relied heavily on an article in the atlantic by sarah zang and i think that when i told the story of the trans doe uh, yeah i was
0: gonna say that name sounds so familiar i think
1: she also was the author of the atlantic piece that i um yeah or julie doe i want to say was the trans doe julia project. i think it was julie
0: it could have been julia sure um, i think i wrote julia in the cap in <laughs> the like little <laughs> description so sure. i hope it's julia in if class. not
1: So I relied heavily on uh, a piece in the Atlantic by Sarah Zhang, as well as a Wikipedia entry. And this is the story of lavender dough. Ooh. So on October 29th, 2006, the body of a young woman was found in the woods of Kilgore, Texas by two hunters lying face down on a pile of burning brush. So she was on fire.
0: Why did they name that place? Kilgore, Kilgore,
1: K-I-L-G-O-R-E. I don't know. It's probably mm-hmm. the name of a. It was a last name of a family. Who, who can yeah, say? Yeah, probably. But Kilgore, it's like, a little yeah, on the nose. Change your name. <laughs> so, um, the young woman whose body was found, she was between 17 and 25 years old. And while she was severely burnt, investigators were able to recover the pair of jeans and lavender top she was wearing. She was 5'5", 100 to 120 pounds, with strawberry blonde hair. Uh, But due to the state of her remains, her exact cause of death was undetermined. But obviously, law enforcement officials were like, this is a homicide. Um, And they collected evidence of sexual assault that was on her person when she was Mm. found. A commenter in an online crime forum uh, would dub the unidentified woman Lavender Doe not knowing that it would become the only name she'd have for over wow. a decade. Yeah. Oh, no. So from the very beginning, like, this case caught the attention of
0: people online who talk about true crime. I'm sorry, what did you say the year was when she was found? 2006. Oh, okay, okay. So the internet was still the internet a internet is like... That doesn't feel like a decade ago for me. It's over like, a decade ago. I know. It was I know. 14 years ago. 2006, I, we were in high school. I know, you said a decade, and I was like, man, this happened in the early 90s. <laughs> I
1: still think that.
0: Oh my gosh. I still think that. Um, so, because of how burnt her body was,
1: police enlisted the help of a forensic anthropologist with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to use the woman's skull to make a clay reconstruction of her face. Nice. So, the reconstructed image was released in 2006, the year she was found, and re-released in 2008. Investigators said leads poured in, but none of them panned out. None of them led them any closer to the woman's identity or to the identity of her killer.
0: That's so crazy. Isn't that That's wild? always so nuts that like somebody's daughter, yeah, friend is missing, and like they don't recognize her. They can't put it together. Or I don't know. The reconstruction is just not accurate enough. Yeah, that they just don't know. It, it's true. It's
1: terrible. So, the case of Lavender Doe would catch the interest of internet sleuths. The web sleuth thread, where she was first given her nickname, had 30 plus pages of speculation about her, um, wow. about her teeth and her clothes and the circumstances of her death. Uh, on Reddit in 2015, a woman began making annual posts about, quote, the girl with the perfect smile, end quote, because Lavender had freakishly perfect teeth. Nice. And so for a long time, people thought they were going to be able to, like, figure
0: out her identity through her dental yeah. records. Were they, like, veneers or anything? Or were they, like, no, her teeth? No, she just had, she had, like, her own impeccable, impeccable teeth. Impeccable teeth. That's amazing.
1: And so... uh Every year on Reddit, this woman makes this post about the girl with the perfect smile, and she meticulously crosses off missing persons that had been ruled out. Like, okay, it's not this girl. It's not this girl. And her annual posts never had much new information to report year to year, but they kept the case alive in the public imagination and online.
0: Yeah, that's what you need sometimes. Just like somebody new to see it. Totally.
1: And the fact that like it's this woman who has no connection to her whatsoever, but like is drawn to her and cares about figuring out who she is. So it was a group of internet detectives who, after going through court documents, filing public records requests, and scouring online forums for details that might help them identify lavender dough, they bring her case to the DNA Doe Project, which we talked about this a little bit um, in the episode about Julie Doe and the Trans Doe Project. Um, so, the DNA Doe Project was founded in 2017 in an effort to persuade law enforcement to test DNA samples from unidentified bodies using technology similar to 23andMe Ancestry DNA, which is far more powerful than what forensics labs have access wow. to. Yeah. I had no, like, I'm gonna get into this. Yeah, I had no idea. That, yeah, like what forensics labs use is not even close to as powerful and specific as like what you and I buy our parents for sixty bucks at Christmas to why, spit into a tube. Why?
0: Why? Why don't they have that? I, like there must be a reason or like lack of funding. Like I don't know. I don't know. That's. I mean, like maybe it's because like you know when you do twenty three and me or whatever. You spit like so much out. Maybe sometimes they just don't have enough. I don't know. But that doesn't seem
1: I I genuinely have no idea. I, I mean don't know. Granted, I feel like forensics labs, criminal forensics labs are for like identifying someone being like, Yep, this person we have in custody, this is their DNA at the crime yeah. scene. Yeah. You know, like or like Yeah,
0: they're just trying to look at like, yeah, these two are these two match. They're not trying They're not trying to be like who to pr- are your profile great, 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 great yeah. grandparents? So that's true. I don't. That's know. true. That makes
1: sense. So law enforcement DNA databases traditionally look at just thirteen to twenty markers in the genome, which can be enough to match siblings or parents and children. So through the DNA, through the technology they use, they can be like, this person and this person are father and son, and this person is mm-hmm. sister and brother, whatever. But twenty three and Me and Ancestry DNA. Emily's literally being attacked by her
0: cat. I right know. Now. I don't. She came up all cute and snuggly, and then she bit like me.
1: Um, so but twenty three andme Me and Ancestry DNA look at different types of markers and test for six hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand markers. Wow. Compared to the thirteen to twenty yeah. that your average crime lab is looking at, so this number of markers can reveal third to fourth to even more distant cousins
0: right so in my Me thing, like i think i only have like third through sixth cousins yeah
1: like i have like i have like other than my dad i have like third to fourth cousins um which is crazy this is making me realize like how very distantly related i am to those people yeah it's not as close as i thought yeah Mm -hmm. so with these mere hints of a connection genealogists can cross-reference census records obituaries that list surviving family members social media profiles and other public documents to build out giant family trees, right? So just because you have, like, a distant match, it, it doesn't then say, like, it's so-and-so, you know, who, is re- who was born in this year and went to this high school. Like, you have to go find them. Yeah. You have to do, like, serious detective work to build out a family tree. And so the DNA Doe Project does that um, to help identify previously unidentified homicide victims as well as solve cold cases. So, in 2018, the DNA Doe Project officially took on the case of Lavender Doe. And this is, what, 2006 to 2018? Like, that's 12 years. And the crowd of internet detectives who had for years been looking for her identity raised enough money to reanalyze her DNA using technology that would give them more access to genetic markers.
0: That's so cool. I know. The internet is an amazing place. It can be
1: a really beautiful, wonderful place when it wants to be. So... Around that same time, while all this is going on, law enforcement had a major breakthrough in the case. When Lavender's body had first been found, um, the biological material inside of her had been a match to a man named Joseph Wayne Burnett, who admitted to picking up the woman in the area for sex, but was adamant that he hadn't killed her. And apparently, at the time, like, like, police didn't have anything more than that, like, to b- hold him on like no yeah. witnesses. Everything was circumstantial. Um, and that that's possible. Right. That like he'd had sex with her and then she was murdered later. Yeah. So that was in 2006. But in the summer of 2018, a woman who was living with Joseph Wayne Burnett went missing. And when police found her body and questioned him about it, he confessed to killing her as well as lavender dough. He claimed that he hadn't known her. That he had simply come across her in a Walmart parking lot, where she approached him trying to make money by selling magazines. Aww. So, even with the identification of her murderer twelve years after she was killed, yeah, Lavender Doe's identity was still yeah. a mystery. With <sighs> Burnett's murder indictment listing only the nickname yeah. given to her by Web sleuths, there's still no because he had no prior connection to her. They were still like just as far away from knowing who she was. So then in October 2018, the lab returned Lavender's DNA and the DNA Doe Project uploaded it to the genealogy database GEDmatch. What GEDmatch. Can you, what can you tell us about GEDmatch, Emily?
0: I'm in there. <laughs>
1: Emily is in there.
0: I'm in there. They haven't called me yet. So what is GEDmatch? Um, How did you upload your information? GEDmatch is like a a public... Sorry, I'm like... Itchy stuff I'm sorry Emily's got a rash,
1: And I asked her To talk about Things as soon As Ryan had Brought her Some ointment I'm really Sorry
0: Um Jedmatch Is like An open Public DNA Genealogy Type thing That police Can use because it's, like, open source. Right. Is it open source or is it, le- like... It's
1: everyone who if it's submits their DNA agrees this can be accessed yeah. by the public. Where that is not the case of 23andMe and, yeah. and the Ancestry. Yeah.
0: So, like, they can use it to, like, cross-reference other DNAs that they have. Or, like, trying to find, like, familial matches and stuff. So, it's how they caught the Golden State Killer. How yes, Mr. The- Paul Holes. Mr. Paul Holes the golden state killer single-handedly. single-handedly
1: single-handedly just kidding um, finger fingeredly um uh and then you can upload if you've done one of those yeah me, I can feel it. she's all the way across the room <laughs> just kidding with her face in your she's purse though my purse that's good rub your face all over my purse so i have your allergens with me the whole way home yep. um but you have done one of those ancestors yeah camps. so
0: i did 23 Me, and there's a spot where you can request the like raw data and it doesn't make sense to a regular person at all so like you download a thing and it looks like gibberish it's all these random symbols and letters and numbers in random orders but you can take that and you can upload it to jedmatch and the sm- smart people there Read it and know what it means, and, th- and then they and catch can your use seventh it. cousin for being yeah. a serial killer in Ohio. They haven't caught him yet, but you know, I think he's out there. Hey, yeah. Ryan, can Our you can you deal with your cat? Cat is playing with a weird toy. It's funny loud. for all the
1: weeks we've been doing this. I feel like Phoenix has never made noise.
0: And no, then today, and now she is she found
1: a noise making toy. That's cool. Ryan's not listening to us.
0: No. Um. Okay. So only when I ask him to get me cream for my stupid arm hand rash. <laughs> bless him is that the I technical term the arm hand rash yeah i don't know what it i don't know what it is where it came from but well my yeah. thoughts and prayers are with
1: you yeah that my ha- my hand
0: remember. was just like <laughs> you could probably tell you were probably looking at me going is Emily about to murder me She has this weird look on her face yeah my I was hand was that. killing me
1: so okay okay in october 2018 the lab returned lavender doe's dna and the dna doe project uploaded it to the genealogy database in GedMatch. nice the DNA immediately had thousands of matches. Most of wow. them... Wow. Well, most of them way okay, too okay. distant to be useful. But among the closest matches were what appeared to be a second cousin once removed. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: What does removed mean?
1: Um, I think it means a second cousin, like, in a different generation. Oh, okay. I think that's okay. what that means. And a handful of third and fourth cousins. So the volunteers at the DNA Dope Project... Do what they do best and they build out family trees for the closer matches, hoping to be able to narrow in on Lavender's identity. And they keep finding Czech ancestry. One volunteer even tracked down baptism records oh in my the gosh. original Czech in order to connect two of Lavender's long ago ancestors. Yeah. Which that's some next
0: level yeah. research.
1: And a descendant of those same ancestors was a woman in her late 50s who lived in East Texas, just 30 miles away from where Lavender Doe's body was yeah. found. So one of the volunteers goes and finds this woman who's understandably super weirded out because she says that she is not aware of a missing person in her family. Um, But she lets the team take her DNA so that they could compare it directly yeah. to Lavender Doe's DNA. Their genetic cons- connection was really strong, suggesting that they were first cousins or that Lavender was the daughter of the woman's cousin. Okay. Um, A cousin she obviously didn't know. Yeah. Because she wasn't like, yeah, I've got a cousin whose daughter is missing. Yeah. So they had found- This is weird. This is so crazy, right? So they had found Lavender's family. They're like, this woman is a close relative. Yeah. But they had found a part of her family that didn't know about her. Yeah. Which means they had to dig through this family's secrets to get to her Dang. true identity. So they go looking for unknown cousins of this woman in East yeah. Texas. One of her uncles, it turned out, had a daughter named Robin from a first marriage that the woman in Texas didn't know about. Dang. Which that makes more sense to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I like I have an uncle who was married before he married my aunt you know yeah like, and yeah i know about that but i could i could see a world where i didn't that's yeah you know um he has a like, kid from that marriage so i obviously know about it but like i could see that being yeah possible. and also like before the days of like the internet and social media i feel like stuff like that it's was true. a lot easier to keep hush hush
0: so it's just strange that she's like blood related yeah because like i think about like okay my aunt was married before I was born. They, like, got married and divorced before I was even born. Yeah. So, like, of course, I don't know about him yeah. and if he has kids or whatever because I'm not, like, blood-related and never was really related, but it's strange that they're blood-related. Totally.
1: So, they find this uncle who was married previously yeah. who has a daughter um, that she didn't know about. They So, this woman named Robin... Who is this woman in East Texas's first cousin. Okay. They managed to find a death certificate in Indiana for Robin who had died. Catch this. Just a month before Lavender Doe was found. So they theorize maybe Robin was Lavender Doe's mother. And she died a month before Lavender was found, which is why she was never reported missing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Whoa.
1: So the volunteers zero in on Robin. They want to confirm this theory. Yeah. Right? And they find records like she's been married a bunch of times. So she's got all these like different names that show up in records. But she, they find records that occasionally list her as Robin Wilma Dodd. So a volunteer puts that version of her name in Google and comes across a free, you know, those like preview, uh, those free previews for like people finder sites uh-huh. and like, if you want more information, it's 1995. Yeah. $19. And that preview lists her as living with a man named Johnny Dodd. So they search for Johnny Dodd and they find that he had a daughter whose birth year was around the time, the time that,
0: that they that estimate that they estimate Lavender, Lavender would born, be born.
1: Right. Which they don't know. It's in that area. Yeah. In that window. Because like they're like 17 to 25. We yeah. don't know actually how old she is. So. But still. One of these volunteers was, like, studying to become a private investigator. And so they search the name of that daughter, uh-huh. Dodd's daughter, on this, like, private website designed to, like, be a resource to PIs. And it reveals that this girl's social security number was no longer active <gasps> and that all the activity relating to her stopped in 2006, <gasps> the year they found Lavender. Yeah. So then volunteers now that they're like we're pretty sure this is our girl they do this deep dive on all these social media profiles and they find the profile of a man that they suspect is lavender's nephew okay so a child of one of her siblings yeah and then that leads them to a myspace page (laughs) (laughs) ryan (laughs) Ryan
0: just (laughs) grumbled there's so much to this so
1: they it that leads them to a myspace myspace page from the early 2000s and the profile picture is of a strawberry blonde girl, 5'5", <gasps> five five, between 100 and 120 pounds. And her name was listed as Dana Lynn Dodd.
0: <gasps> oh, my gosh. So following a phone
1: call to Dana's family, um, they find, like, family members. The DNA Doe Project mailed this girl, the Dana Lynn Dodd's half-sister, a woman named Amanda, an ancestry DNA kit. The results came back a couple months later, confirming that Dana Lynn Dodd was the girl found dead in Kilgore, wow. Texas in 2006. In September, um, in, on what would have been Dana's 34th birthday, Amanda, her half-sister, and a few other members of the family traveled to Texas to visit mm-hmm. her grave. They brought flowers, a birthday balloon for all the birthdays they had missed, oh. and a new headstone, this with time her with her name. Oh. <sighs> She was given that name when she came into the world, Amanda said, and 13 years after her death, she was given that name again, thanks to a dedicated team team of internet sleuths. Uh And that's the story of Lavender Doe, aka Dana Lynn Dodd.
0: I love internet sleuths. Right?
1: Like, yeah, there's a lot that went into that because they had to do one million things to get to yeah.
0: I wish I was good enough at like that stuff. Like I wouldn't think of like more than half of those things. But I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to do that. But like, I just don't know where to start, you know? (laughs)
1: Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, and apparently I read a little bit of backstory. Like, so like her mom died right before she was missing. And like, she had kind of been transient for a little bit and like just had, came from like a broken home. Yeah. And so her family missed her, but also... It's they weren't like in regular contact with her. Yeah, and they obviously knew that like something had had like ha- like had after a long time. Um, but obviously, but they didn't
0: know like when or where,
1: they didn't know when or where, or if a body had been found. And yeah. so, this team of internet detectives managed to like give this family That's some amazing. answers, and a place to visit her body. Um, yeah. So that is wild. That's nuts. That's the story of Lavender Dough. Actually, and you know, speaking of like internet sleuthing, this is nowhere near as close to finding this. But when um, when I was first connected with my half-brother who was adopted, um, we initially didn't have his last name because like there's a lot of red tape. And like yeah. initially you have to communicate through the adoption agency and there's like no identifying whatevers. And with just his first name and his profession, I found his Facebook page. What? Before my... Own father, his biological father knew what his last name was, and I found it in like twenty minutes.
0: How did you? How did you know it was him? Were you like he kind of looks like me? A picture of him. Oh, okay. I had seen a picture of him. That's
1: nuts. And so I had like searched because I had I knew his first name and I knew that he was um that he worked at like a private Catholic school in the Twin Cities (gasps) area. okay, but like. And then I, and I, I like went through it. I, (laughs) the only reason I was able to find it is because like I searched his first name and Catholic schools in that area. And then I found like the school directory, which is, gave me the last name, which then helped me find him on Facebook because I couldn't find him on Facebook because that's way too many like markers. Yeah. It's like a common name. Yeah. Common name. Um, and I wasn't even sure like what school he worked yeah. at. Yeah, I was very proud of my millennial self when That's I. That's amazing. That out. Yeah, it's not quite the same as um giving this girl her
0: name. No, back. but for like somebody who doesn't do that every day not and like internet sleuth. So yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, that is that story. Go ahead and donate to the DNA Doe Project. They are doing yeah. very very important work. That is also a reminder to me that I need to upload my um andme yeah, results to Yeah, You match. do. I really really
0: and do. If anybody else has done 23andMe or Ancestry, you need to do it too.
1: Really, really got to.
0: And if you're if you're like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know." listen to uh jensen and holes podcast Murder Squad. do you remember what episode it is i think it was like the first winter distraction one they did yeah
1: it's fairly recent just google murder squad jed match um and they will talk all about it also did you listen to the murder squad this week no winter it was a winter distraction episode crossover with karen and georgia they talk all about the staircase and it's so good i'm really excited to listen to it
0: i just haven't listened to it yet super super it came out yesterday yeah. What have you so been doing? So I have a child. Yeah, and a I'm job. super busy and a, and a rash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. Okay.
1: You have to feed me. Like yeah, you I have d- a lot going on. I have to
0: feed you and my child, my cat. Your cat. she has some Murder stories. I know. Um, okay. I'll get to it. When I get to it, tell me your story. So mine is mine is fairly similar, and I'm I'm confused because I thought we had said that. Our stories weren't going to have a theme, but they they do. <laughs> yeah,
1: we had paired these differently, but whatever. I oh,
0: I can do the other one.
1: No, just do whatever you have. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Do the other one if you want.
0: Okay. I thought we were pairing this one with Sorry. the old-timey one. Yeah, this is the old-timey one. Oh. Well, but you know what? Whatever. I think that this one would pair with either of them. Just, just do this one. Okay, so. This is a very professionally run podcast. Yeah. I got this story idea from one of our fans on social media.
1: Mm. Her we name is Annie. We have those.
0: Her name's Ann. Okay. Um, she sent this to me in a DM. Oh my gosh, and I'm was so like, excited. was like, this is cool. You should look it up. And I looked it up and she was right. It's she, cool.
1: She always is right. So, in
0: 1979, a family was exploring a buffalo cave, or er, a cave called Buffalo Cave, near Dubois, Idaho. Dubois. When, when they came across a burlap sack. Okay. When they opened it, they found that it contained the torso of a man <gasps> with clothes on it. Wait, still.
1: what? That is a giant burlap sack.
0: I guess, like, yeah. we're not
1: talking skeletal remains. We're talking about like the flesh yeah. of a human torso. Yeah. Wouldn't you think that would smell so bad you wouldn't go near the burlap I sack? I guess. Oh, I hate this a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Any, any hizzle. Um, I should have said that I'm not telling you what it's called. Okay. Okay, okay. Um so the family reported it and investigators came out and they searched the rest of the cave, but they couldn't find anything else. No arms, no legs, no head, nothing. Okay. And because it was the seventies, it was nineteen seventy nine, they couldn't really do much to identify him because there weren't fingers to do fingerprints, there was no face to be able to just look at it and say, yeah, That's Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to determine That he was of European descent and he was probably about 40. Okay. Remind me what year this is? 1979. Okay. That's actually
1: pretty good for 1979. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But now I'm going to say in 1991, a girl who was exploring Buffalo Cave. Okay. Found a hand. And forensics were able to determine the hand belonged to the torso that they found. Okay. Which they came and they searched the cave and they didn't find the hand. But this little girl 20 years later found the hand. Um, the cave was made out of volcanic sand, which created like this a cold enough environment to basically like mummify the body. So like the hands the hand and the torso were basically like mummified. It was
1: actually like a forensic dream because they were kept in good enough condition yeah. to be useful. Yeah. Okay. But like s-
0: still super creepy. Oh it was so like very creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I would rather find bones.
0: Totally. Yeah. 100%. And you would think that they would be bones because they were able to determine that this person died around 1910. What? So you'd think that, like, in the 70s. And
1: the fact that they were able to determine that from a yeah. torso and a hand? Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know. I'm not a Good scientist. For you,
1: 1979.
0: But the reason why it was still, like, skin and clothes and everything is because it was, like, basically mummified in this cave and it, like, still smelled of decomposition. The clothes were still intact. Um, But, I don't know, somehow they knew. The body was from around 1910. So, together with the Doe Project...
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: ...and Idaho State University and Clark County Forensic Genealogy, they were able to identify the remains as somebody named Joseph Loveless.
1: Wait. Recently, not in 1979, because the DNA Doe Project correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So
0: they kept the hand and the torso for a long time, and recently, I think it was a couple years ago. I should have written down the date. Um, sorry, you're fine. I'm trying. Did you cover up my my feet while
1: I was telling my story?
0: Yeah, because it looked like you were trying to like get the blanket (laughs) back over.
1: Emily and I are sitting on the couch, (laughs) and we have blankets on us, and we're kind of facing each other. But my feet weren't covered by the blanket, and while I'm telling the story, Emily like reaches down and covers my feet with a blanket and i was like does she think my feet are ugly does she not want to look at my feet no i just thought
0: they were cold oh that's
1: so nice of you i do have schwartz feet they're very ugly i have long weird toes um
0: at least you don't have short weird toes like <laughs> i do
1: <laughs> okay anyway dna doe anyways Project joseph Lovelace. Joseph loveless
0: and so they first they put before okay i kind of skipped something before they identified him as that they put a list together of like missing men from that time and then they were able to do genealogy um and try and see if any of the people who were still alive from those family trees would okay. give a sample okay so they found one guy who was like a a grandson of joseph loveless and he gave dna and that's so how they, they were able to confirm it was joseph loveless he was a grandson yeah and then they, okay yeah exactly so Joseph Loveless was born in Payson, Utah Territory. Oh, my in, gosh. <laughs> on December 3rd, 1870. So Utah wasn't even a state wow. yet. Both his parents were early pioneers of the Latter-day Saints. And his grandfather had like seven wives. So Joseph had like 45 There's cousins. a lot
1: of DNA to be compared to. Yep. Yeah.
0: And so they think that's why they were able to so easily like track down a grandson of this person <laughs> because there were so because many so of them many. <laughs> well there you I go i think we're all related to this guy yeah, honestly. honestly and in 1899 joseph married a woman named harriet savage which is like the best name Didn't ever I tell
1: you that i was a savage
0: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and together they had a daughter but then joseph bounced and was like bye and Harriet was able to file for divorce on the grounds of abandonment. They
1: let ladies do that in the early 1900s. I guess so. Wow.
0: I mean, good. For I, Harriet. It wasn't really a state yet, so That's true. I it was guess the wild, wild west. She just went divorce, <laughs> like Michael Scott declared bankruptcy. <laughs> I
2: declare, declare
0: bankruptcy. bankruptcy. <laughs> so he moves to Idaho, and he marries a woman named Agnes Caldwell. And between 1905 and 1913, they have four children. Okay. Um, and Joseph and Agnes made money by literally making money. They were counterfeiters oh and my bootleggers.
1: Gosh. That's not a good
0: Mormon dream. <laughs> right. So I, I think at this time he wasn't really a Mormon yeah, he anymore. Really he kind of walked orc. away from the faith. Um, and so because of this, they went by like tons of different names so I couldn't find any first names that Agnes went by other than Ada, which I think might just be like a nickname of Agnes. Oh, I'm now the cat's
1: like back! Pre-anticipating your cat jumping at me, and so I'm flinching moments before it actually happens. So anyway,
0: anyways, Ada, Agnes. So Joseph sometimes went by Charles Smith, Walter Curran's Walter Carnes or <laughs> Cairns, C A I R N S, or Walter garrans um and then agnes went by like mrs smith mrs currens is what like the newspapers would report her as so i didn't find any first names for her other than when um never mind because i'll give it away if i say that okay so on friday may 12th 1916 The Evening Capital News, which was, like, a newspaper back then, reported that the previous Saturday, Joseph's wife, who is known around town as Mrs. Smith, went to a dance with her eight-year-old son. So, back then, like, that's what people did. They went to dances, which I
1: kind of wish we still had. I know, me too. That's where my grandparents met, was at a dance. Cute. Don't you... Yeah, I totally wish that was, like, a neighborhood thing, and it wasn't, like, oh, I'm going to go, like...
0: To a bar. Have
1: over-the-clothes sex on the dance floor right? dance, but... Um, I mean if that's your thing, whatever, but
0: we don't approve, <laughs> but it's fine.
1: <laughs> and Emily and I are a couple of prudes. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she went to a dance with her. So she went old. to a
0: dance with her eight year old son. And after that they met a friend at a hotel and they had some cake. So they like went to a hotel for cake. Cute. Which I also wish like we did. Even <laughs> though I don't like cake, but I wish we like went somewhere for ice cream yeah. or something. And then the son went home early and Agnes, who they call Ada. Um, in the paper, which is why I was saying I didn't want to give it away. Um, left later, so the son went home.
1: She's like, "Hey, you're eight. Go home by yourself." Yeah, it's nineteen. It's fine.
0: It's nineteen sixteen, and they say it's like two o'clock. Oh, in the afternoon. So I don't know. Like in my mind, like a a a a dance a dance is in the evening. So then, like two o'clock would mean two a.m. But okay, I don't know.
1: Maybe it was a day dance and maybe probably a rural area. So she's like, This kid can walk home on his
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> my cat literally just oh. jumped from the ground onto Sarah's head. <laughs> oh. I wish we got, a I picture. knew it was
1: coming. I knew it was coming. Phoenix, we need to lock her
0: out of this room. I honestly
1: do. She's trying to drink your margarita.
0: That's my margarita, Magirita. It's <laughs> <That's> my
1: Magirita. <laughs> okay. So, she sends her so, home either at 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. 2 a.m.
0: And then she goes home later. And then later that night, so I bet it was 2 in the afternoon. Because later that night, neighbors are, she was come going back.
1: She really was. Ryan, get, do something with your cat. Thank you.
0: So, later that night, the neighbors hear the son screaming. And they run over and they summon the police. Okay. And when when they show up They're like police, this boy is screaming, yes. <laughs> somebody run to town. <laughs> Do something fetch about a it. Um, they see Agnes on the floor in their house um, dead. Okay. And Joseph was nowhere to be found, although everybody around there knew him as Walter. Okay. So he was nowhere to be found. After two days of searching, he was finally located on Sunday, May 7th, 1916, hiding under a train.
1: <laughs> An interesting choice.
0: Yep. So they drag him out from under the train, and when they arrest him, they find counterfeit money on his person. So they were able to confirm yes, he has been counterfeiting money. Yeah. And he's also a suspect in his wife's murder. Sure. Because he was hiding under a train that's pretty suspicious. I think it's because your ponytail just looks really playful. You know,
1: I'm really scared now. I keep turning behind me. because the cat.
0: And I think that sh- that makes her want to play with your ponytail.
1: I think, it, I think that does. And now I'm just ordering <laughs> Ryan around. I'm like, Ryan, do something with your cat. Get your cat. Okay, so Anyways, it's under train, he's like, suspicious. Hey, yeah.
0: So while he's awaiting trial, Joseph is in jail in St. Anthony. I guess it's a town. And he escaped from the prison because he hit a saw blade in his shoe. Oh and then goodness. he just sawed his way out of the cell yeah, because down. this is who was on guard nineteen sixteen. That, that is a very
1: nineteen sixteen yeah. escape method.
0: So they put wanted signs up all around the area describing him and what he was wearing. He was wearing a light colored hat, brown coat, red sweater, blue overalls, and black trousers. Carrying which, a saw. Carrying a saw, which is what they found on the torso in the buffalo cave. Uh
1: wait, S- those are the clothes they found mm-hmm. on the torso? Interesting. So I'm
0: sure they didn't, like, find the hat or, like, or the, the pants. Yeah. yeah. But, like... Pants and, the, no, and no legs. Yeah, yeah. The rest of it was, like, this is what was on the missing posters or the mm-hmm. wanted posters. Um, so they think he escaped from jail and then died somehow. Obviously, it was murder because he was cut up.
1: Yeah, he was dismembered.
0: But um, in addition to the murder of his wife... He had been unofficially connected to two other murders. Um, One was this man called, uh, his name was J.C. Smith, and he was a rancher in a city called Pebble, which is like such a cute name. (laughs) Um, And he was already kind of a suspect, but then after Agnes was murdered, one of their sons told police, Papa killed a man at Pebble. So they're thinking it was this guy because like, Not a lot of people, like, get murdered around this small town at this time, I assume. And then Joseph was also already a suspect in the murder of a man near Alexander. Although, um, on record, the suspect's name was Walter Cairns. But they were able to, like, go back and connect all of his names together. And so that's why they were like, okay, the suspect in this one was Walter Cairns. This one was charles smith and whatever and connect them gotcha historians think these might be the same victims but if not this would make loveless idaho's first serial killer wow
1: first documented serial killer. yeah idaho, exactly. idaho or in
0: utah he was born in utah and then moved With to idaho, idaho. Gotcha, gotcha, when gotcha. he left his first okay. wife um and after his jailbreak he was never seen again until the pieces were found wow. in buffalo cave That story
1: has everything. I know.
0: Dough Project. Mummified things. Family
1: vacations that are ruined. Saws. Torsos.
0: Dances. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's crazy. I know.
0: Wow. In the middle of your story, when you started talking about the Dough Project, I was like, I thought... We said we weren't gonna pair that. Yeah, them, we clearly didn't. But that was we need to give each other more detail when we're deciding which stories to do together. <laughs> we
1: record two episodes a night, and so Emily and I, before we get started, we say, Tell me in broad strokes about your story and we figure out which stories to pair with which. I think we I just must have yeah. like miscommunicated and was I like, think
0: I did too though. obviously I mean, obviously. It has a theme. I'm all about a good theme. Yeah. This episode is called the doe project murders margarita margarita the doe margarita <laughs> project maybe we'll call this episode
1: the dna doe project margarita perfect wow, wow, wow. um that's a really good story that's yeah. really crazy i'm also like thinking about those children in the cave that day i know we're like we're just on a boring vacation it's 1979 a burlap sack A burlap sack And just the fact that Like they were mummified It was mummified And they were managed
0: Managed yeah. to solve that That is Yeah wild. I know Wow Crazy It's nuts well It now took him t- like Sorry No no It took him over 100 years That's really
1: bananas yeah. I wonder whatever
0: happened To his kids I don't and know Especially that son Wish I could tell you, Because He's probably not still alive Probably not Probably not But he could have died Of old age Right, and but both of
1: his parents were gone. His counterfeiting parents in the Wild Wild West. Yeah, that's really really crazy. was the Wild Wild West. Um, now is the time of our show where we transition to our detox question. We detox from our drinks. We detox from the horror that we just talked to you about. Um, and I had been googling
0: some questions because I'm never Perfect. prepared for this when this Me happens. either. But send us questions to ask. Send
1: us questions you want to hear us ask and answer. Uh, and as well as share your answer with us. Maybe you yeah. can them on the podcast. Yeah. If you give us permission to do so. But Emily, I have a burning question for
0: Perfect. you.
1: What would the title of your autobiography be?
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: You're an old woman. You are sitting down with a young writer who, who has heard about your life and, and must fascinated. You know, be your ghost writer for, so it, for the story that um. is... Mary Emily Nina Guzman. Oh, man. We can bleep that out. I don't know if we put your full name on here. I feel like we have. Um, yeah.
0: I don't. It doesn't really matter. And uh, and they're like,
1: what will we call this masterpiece? Too many names.
0: <laughs> the Mary they're Emily gonna, yeah, Guzman story. <laughs> they're going to call it the woman with too many names. <laughs> her identity crisis finally caused her identity to split. Yeah.
1: Are we talking about you're gonna develop like multiple personalities or no?
0: I just was
1: I like too many names, the Mary Emily Nina Guzman story. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of places that can go. Yeah. I like it. I own
0: the rights to that now, so I better not see that. Yeah, verbal anywhere.
1: verbal trademark. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's a good one.
0: What about you? Um Diaries, true Diaries of a Farm Girl or something.
1: <laughs> no, I decided mine a long the, time ago.
0: The Tillamook factory <laughs> stories. <laughs>
1: talking about the Tillamook Cheese Factory because we have Tillamook ice cream to eat tonight and I was telling Ryan and Emily how I've been to the Tillamook Cheese Factory a million times because it's on the Oregon coast and when you're camping as a child with your grandparents in the Oregon wilderness and it and on the coast and it rains you have one option you go to the Tillamook Cheese Factory and maybe I have Ryan and Emily didn't seem to think it sounded that interesting it, I thought it
0: sounded great to
1: be fair it's probably not in my mind I've probably made it more magical than it actually is but you get to honestly all i ever want to do is taste test a bunch of cheese and yeah. that's what this place is yeah um and that's magical um but yeah this show brought to you by tillamook oh it's yeah i love that ice cream oh. we should have that we should have ice cream break before our next yeah episode. perfect so i've decided on the title of my autobiography uh-huh. a long time ago um it is going to be does my therapist think i'm funny the sarah schwartz story. that's good yeah. yeah so um, coming to a bookstore near you in, in about 30 years 30 years i'll be almost 60 Ugh. Ugh. no thanks <laughs> i am definitely not gonna have anything interesting to say until i'm le- at least 87 i really feel like the years between 85 and 87 are when i make my mark so
0: those two years those two
1: years i plan on just like uh you know autopilot autopiloting it yeah until 85 so tune in then for yeah. anything good um, Emily,
0: where can people find us on the interwebs? You can find us on Instagram. Instagram. At lightweight true crime. Or email us at LW true crime at gmail.com. That's LW true crime at gmail.com. Send us your story ideas, your icebreaker questions that we turn into detox questions. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe yes. to us. Yes.
1: Um, leave a review on apple Podcasts. subscribe to us on spotify yeah
0: if you're from the netherlands and you want to tell us what you find so fascinating about our podcast we would love to know honestly we'd be we'd be um, really interested to know if it's that you're just laughing at us because we sound stupid that's that's fair honestly that's fine yeah and we will try to sound more stupid for your entertainment
1: honestly if we're only doing this for the netherlands i'm here for it
0: me too if you're not from the Netherlands and you want to let us know why you like us, that'd be great. Listen, yeah,
1: we could all work a little harder to tell the people around us why we like them.
0: It's true. So, it's true. Well, well, that's it for tonight. This has been lightweight no, trip. How do we end this, Emily?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? That's Emily.
0: We've never done that. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, at the end, don't we say that's Emily?
0: That's Sarah. <laughs> Cheers. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going crazy. (laughs) That was Sarah. And that is Emily. Cheers. Cheers.
1: remember our structure, thank you.